2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Now, we've been in a series of messages called uh, Sound Doctrine, and that's why I got it on there. I did not want us to forget our theme for the year, which is Enduring Sound Doctrine. And we begin to preach these series of messages out of chapter 4 of 2 Timothy, where he said, and he tells the pastor, and these are what we call pastoral epistles. And so it's written for pastors and help them how they are to run the church. Because if you used to back up to 1 Timothy, there in about chapter 3, about verse 15, he says, so you know how to behave yourself in the house of God. So it's a lot about behavior and how you do this, how you do that. And he was telling this pastor because Timothy got discouraged easily. And he was telling him, look, when you come to church, you uh, emphasize preaching. I think I made that statement last week or the week before. Uh, if, if we didn't have that biblical mandate, I'd be emphasizing singing. I love to sing and I, I love music. And, and uh, we, we have a group coming in, I think sometime in July, the Warren family. We have them once every couple years. Though they'll be in on a Sunday morning. Get in for that. Don't uh, We got some stuff scheduled like that. I love I love singing. I love instruments. I I, I love that uh, stuff. But the Bible has. Uh, definitely told us that we need to emphasize the preaching. And he tells Timothy to preach the Word, to be instant in season, out of season, to reprove, negative, rebuke, negative, and exhort, positive. So your formula, your feed formula is two negatives, one positive. You don't want to put too much molasses in the feed. You don't want to feed too much sweet corn to uh, to your animals out on the farm. Uh, It's not real good for them. Of course, we all love sugar, and we love the sweet stuff. But uh, he tells us two negatives, one positive. But then he said that the time would come, as we got into the last days, that people would not want to endure sound doctrine. And what he meant by that is they would not endure it, meaning they wouldn't sit still for it. They would walk out of good Bible-believing, good Bible-preaching churches because they wanted more sugar in their feed. And he tells Timothy, don't let it disappoint you. Do not let it discourage you. He says, you keep preaching and you hang in there. He says, these types of people are going to give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, and they will be turned into fables. I believe us to be living there today. And then I went on to say and define what sound doctrine is. Let me give you just a second. Sound doctrine is any teaching that uh, endorses, promotes, and demands right, holy living. That's what sound doctrine is. It is preaching and teaching that endorses, promotes, Right living. And he said there'd be a day when people would not want to live right. They would want to live wickedly. We'll talk about that next week in chapter 3. So now let's get into chapter 2. Let's read a few verses here starting in verse number 1. And he says to Timothy, Thou therefore my son... 
Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Here's my verse. Here's my text. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him that has chosen him to be a soldier. Let us pray. Our gracious Father, we come, we thank you. Lord, we love you. We've had a good service today. We've uh, been able to uh, worship you in song, and that has prepared our hearts. It was a blessing to see the youth choir sing songs of joy. And Lord, it blesses our hearts. Now help us during the preaching time to look at the Word and let you speak to our hearts. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. He begins here in chapter 2, and I really believe that he's telling Timothy what a good soldier is because he's going somewhere with this by the time we get into chapter 3. And we'll preach on that, Lord willing, next week. Now, somewhere in here, we'll have to start a series on uh, the Easter, or what we call Resurrection Sunday, around here, and lead up into the cross, the death, burial, resurrection. I think it's in April, though, isn't it? I'm safe, right, for the next couple of weeks anyway. Amen. Amen. So I don't want to miss that. But until we get there, Lord willing, we'll be preaching next week, I believe it to be a topic that we need on in the last days, he says, perilous times shall come. I believe we are living in perilous times. It seems like every morning we get up, we want to listen to a little news. Another nation or somebody else has bombed somebody else or sent missiles to somebody else. Uh, where uh, you, Russia has invaded Ukraine. And you say, yeah, what about that? Well, it's Bible prophecy. Uh, now, I'm not talking about this ain't Armageddon yet. That has, it's not even started. But I do believe that we're into some serious labor pains. Christ said that the end times would begin to come on as birth pains. I believe we're real close. Those contractions are getting real close now. And the world and the stage is getting set up for the tribulation. The world is being prepared to worship Satan. And next week we'll get in to find out what kind of people is going to have to be on this earth to pull that off. He says, men shall be lovers of their own selves. We'll get to that. But this week we're on good soldiers for Christ. Christians, you and me. And have you noticed that God, when He talks about His church, when He talks about His bride, when He talks about Christians, He refers to us as soldiers. Have you noticed that? We're to be soldiers of the cross. It has sometimes been likened, the church has been likened into a ship. But I think today's mentality is people want to turn Christianity into a pleasure cruise. And so they think when they're in church, it should be all about pleasure. That's because you got the wrong people driving the boat. This ain't the love boat. 
think that was a show a long time ago. Remember that? Probably one, a wicked show. I never watched much of it. What? We, we didn't grow up with TV. So if I've ever seen, I think I've seen one or two episodes, it would have been reruns. And that would not have been around my mom and dad because they probably wouldn't have let me watch that. But I do remember uh, an episode, a series called The Love Boat. And people, they want to turn church into the love boat. But the Bible, if you're going to use the word of God, likens the church to a battleship. And we are soldiers of the cross. Let's explore that thought for a moment. And he says, good soldiers. A good soldier, let's start out like this, on an enduring soldier. What is a good soldier he tells Timothy to be a good soldier and he says to be strong in the grace so number one we find out that a good soldier according to the word of God would be a strong in Christ strong in grace that means he's been trained you think about soldiers (laughs) you don't enlist and then show up and they hand you (laughs) What is it now? M16 and your and your khakis and everything and put you in the on, on the on the front line of the battle, do they not? They don't do that. They do something to you called boot camp. Boot camp, which is training, and it's a six-week in-depth physical training course that most young people today wouldn't even be close to getting through. Because we're not very active in the homes and we don't make our children go outside and play and run and enjoy the outdoors. But my point is, boy, it got quiet. <laughs> kind of got quiet on that myself. We're talking about physical training and working out and stuff like that. It's bad words at 52 years old. Unless we're talking about working out with a fork and that's okay. You know, that's all right. It's all right. I did get some chocolate candy. Uh, you know, Joe uh, got some Russell Stover's, and you're right. That's some good stuff. Now, I might be able to get through those cravings. I've been trying to cut back and do a little intermittent fasting, and, but the problem was I began to carb load in my eating window. And I thought I was a semi-truck <laughs> with one of those big trailers on the back. And boy, I'm telling you, I can eat about three or 4,000, maybe 5,000 calories in a four-hour window. You get to craving carbs. Just depends on what you put in the truck. And so uh, Joey's been trying to help me and encourage me just a little bit. He get you some Russell Stover's candy and a little keto ice cream. I got some of them. I don't like them as well as the Russell Stover's sugar-free candy, but... It'll do in a pinch. It'll do in a pinch. But soldiers, to be strong in the grace, you're going to have to be trained, discipled. I promote discipleship here very heavily. I mean, it doesn't matter what job you have, where you go, if it's your first day, they're going to orient you and to begin to run you through training. I don't care if you used to run a register. I don't care if you're the Charlie Daniels of the register. When you go to another store or another place, if you're going to run a register, they're going to train you the way they do it. All of a sudden, though, when people get in the church and they've been saved for a while, and they'll come in and, and it'll be here. Just hang on. It'll, we'll, we'll repeat the past. There'll be new people that comes in and they'll march in. You'll see it. 
And I'm telling you about it now so you can kind of smile at yourself when you see me. He's going to earn his money today, ain't he? <laughs> and they'll march right in. They'll march up to me and say, let me tell you something around here. We're thinking about coming to church and we're going to be teachers. We're going to be Sunday school teachers. And I'm just going to smile like, I want you to be a Sunday school teacher. But I need to sit down with you through discipleship. Have you ever been discipled? Have you ever been trained? I've, ne- I've not yet had somebody say, oh yeah, Pastor so-and-so discipled me, sent me through a discipleship program. I actually got a little certificate and I've been trained. And I'm going to say, I'll sit down with you one-on-one in person or I will Zoom it. I'll FaceTime you. you. You you tell me when you got an hour available. You got all week. Get an hour. I'll FaceTime you. I'll Zoom time you. I'll get you the information you need. And I'll go through it with you to make sure that you've been through basic training for God. That's how you're strong in the faith. Guess what? I don't have many takers. Now what I've learned over the years, what that means is that person, that individual, they have an underlying agenda. Because the Bible says do things decently in order. And that's the order. Be strong in the grace, he tells Timothy. And he says, the things that you have heard and seen in me, you commit to faithful people. You do the same. Discipleship. A Christian, a strong Christian, should know who he is in Christ. Should know what's the purpose of the Christian life. Just ask yourself, just quietly, not out loud, do you know what the purpose of your Christian life is? It's to see souls led to Christ. That means you're going to have to talk. (laughs) You're going to have to tell others about Jesus. And then saints need to be encouraged. That means you're going to be inviting new people to come to church. And I've, I've been telling my people, don't try to vet people. Just invite them and let them figure out whether they like us here or not. Whether they fit in. Let them, let the Holy Spirit, give God a chance and the Holy Spirit a chance to work on their hearts. I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea. But generally the mess I make on Sundays, maybe the Holy Spirit will take something out of it because I mean well. I've prayed well over it and studied well. He'll take something out of it to speak to your hearts. But you need to know what your purpose is in the Christian life. And then you need to understand that you have a sanctified purpose. He said that in verse 4. He said a good soldier is someone who is not entangled with the affairs of this life. Now, that, he didn't say don't work. That's not what he's talking about. you got to work to eat, eat to live. But sometimes we get so entangled because we don't want... <laughs> You noticed me this morning, I was, uh, by the way, just, just a side note, time out. Did you write down for them what songs you were going to play off that CD? Didn't, last week, okay, so they had, all right. Uh, so that cuts down that dead time. We're not, I almost said it out loud. I don't know what comes over me. It might be the spirit of Todd. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. We're not hillbillies in here. Shouldn't have to be hollering back to them. No. <laughs> Write that down so they know it's decently in order. they got an order of service. That's how a service runs smoothly. Before it starts, everybody that's involved gets an order of service. 
That's what Will and I are going over. I want to know what songs he's going to play, whether I can play them or not, and what the order of service, what number are we doing the, the offering on, when are the kids singing, so on and so forth. It's called order. Order of service. You say, why? For sanctification, we're set aside for God's service. Now, let me get back to the point. That was a sidebar. That, didn't, that wasn't to anybody else in here, but to my leadership. Right there. Yeah, somewhere right in there. <laughs> One of the things I have noticed on fasting is the brain works quicker. But here's the problem. I don't have enough RAM to store the influx of information that comes in (laughs) and then put it in its proper context. My soul. It fires quicker. It's running on different sugars, running on something else other than sugar. But it's okay. Sanctified. Here's where I wanted to get before I got... That's called running a rabbit, by the way. That's running a rabbit. We didn't get to shoot that one, did we? You didn't get him. He got away. Sanctified. We get so entangled with life. And by the way, sports with your kids and sports is fun. It's, it's cool. I got it. They need activities. And, and sometimes playing together in a team sport teaches that child how to work together in a team and that there is a coach, there's, there's, oh, there's order, there's structure. I got it. I understand it. it. It has a biblical connection. But don't get so entangled that it takes up church time. That's not what a good soldier does. One of the rules we had growing up was if it, if it happens, if practice happens on school time or they're playing games on church time, school time, church time, it's a no-go. It's a no-go. Church was a priority. That's what a good soldier is. Let me throw this in here because it is important. A good soldier is someone who gets up one more time than he falls. A soldier, a good one, is someone who gets up one more time than he falls. Now I said that because none of us are perfect. If you've lived long enough, you're going to know that you're going to make a failure out of things. There's going to be times when you disappoint God. You say, what do I do? You confess it. You ask God to forgive you and you get back up. You brush yourself off and you keep moving forward. That's what a good soldier does. A good soldier is someone who's going to get knocked down many times. But he keeps getting back up and says, I didn't get that one. But I'm going to keep moving forward for God. Now, I want to give you three other things and then we'll be done. A good soldier is one that will be able to, and we've seen it in verse 3, endure the hardship of bad times. Did you see that? He says, thou therefore endure hardness. A soldier who's been through boot camp and been through training... A soldier's life is not all about medals in shiny, clean uniforms. There's a lot of in the trenches, getting dirty, digging in. 
and hardships. You ever try to eat sea rations? Boy, I'm going back. <laughs> I've had some army friends that come back from the campaigns. They bring some of their leftover MREs and some stuff. Endure hardness. A good soldier is someone who's going to endure the hardship of bad times. Life is not all about good times. Can, you, can I get an amen on that? Life is not all about good times. It's not all about fluff. It's not all about what makes us happy all the time. There are some bad times to life. I got news for you now. Now let me... <laughs> now it'll start making sense to you. <laughs> Marriage... And marriages are not all about good times. You say, why is that making sense? Well, I threw a shot across Jen's bow about communication. You say, yeah, why would you do that? Why would you jeopardize lunch? Because I cooked it yesterday, that's why. (laughs) Now is it making sense? (laughs) And I've been on this sugar thing. Sorry, Joe, I put brown sugar in my chili. Two cups worth. That's probably why it's too sweet. Oh, it's good. <laughs> Jen's shaking her head no. But uh, that's why. L- let, me, let me get serious. I mean, we're not going through a bad time. We're actually having fun. She'd done been up here to slap me. <laughs> Marriages, but you all need to understand this. Marriage is not all about good times, is it? Anybody in here been married 40 years? <laughs> okay, I'm not there yet. But... Uh, the whole thing overall has been good, but there's been some bad times, isn't there? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, you just ain't brave enough to say it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> but you've been able to endure the hard times, haven't you? After you've been married 40 years, divorce is not even in the picture no more. It's just like... Whatever you want, sweetheart. <laughs> it's okay. And I've been trained, so we've been married 32 years. It's sweetheart whatever it doesn't matter you have my blessing <laughs> you know as long as I get a little something out of it you know like a Big Mac something something food wise you know we're, we're not bickering over the little stuff but my point is marriage is not all about good times some people say well I, I, I want to get a divorce because it's not fun no more well, let me tell you something you guys that's been married or maybe thinking about getting married the fun part's probably over in the first 30 days, and you got to get back to going to work and doing laundry, cleaning the house, doing the dishes. And you're like, is this, is this all there is to it? Yep. <laughs> this, was that, it, this was it? Yep. And then you're going to learn how to make it right and to work together to make a beautiful thing. But there's going to be some bad times to it. Be some bad times. But you're going to endure them. The church. Oh boy, now here we go. The church is not all about good times. Now let me preach just a little bit. If you've been anywhere around and, and been watching churches, a lot of people do what they call church hop. And they church hop because they don't want to be involved in a church that goes through a down season. They want to always be part of a church that's winning, winning, winning. And there's good and there's fun and there's all this. And people are flocking in and people are joining i got news for you churches go through seasons sometimes there's plowing season sometimes there's 
<laughs> there's winter seasons. Sometimes there's a fall season. And yes, sometimes there's a planting season. But the good soldier for Christ is going to stay planted in the house of God that they know where they fit in. And they're going to endure those hard times. I try to tell the people, I don't come out of the chute every Sunday morning firing at 100%. And by the time I listen to the mess, somewhere around Tuesday, I'm thanking God you all stayed through the service. <laughs> My soul. And somehow God makes the thing work. Amen. But a good soldier endures the hardship of bad times. Then we see... That a good soldier endures the hardship of waiting. Mm. Waiting. Patience. Maybe your mom or your grandma told you patience is a virtue. Yeah. We don't like to wait, don't we? Let me let you in on just a little something. Sometimes we think we're behind God. 98% of the time we're in front of God. Because we don't want to wait on God. Now I know that to be true in my life. There's been times when I thought maybe I was running too far behind God. And I found out. Because <laughs> I couldn't see him in front of me. He was still behind me. And I had to come back around and get back in behind the Lord. Waiting on God. And a good soldier endures the hardship of waiting. Waiting is difficult, is it not? I'd love to see 200, 250, 300 folks in here this morning. I thank God for what we got. And I thank God for the Lord bringing more people in. It seems like every week I see new faces. Amen. Thank God. People need the Lord. People need a church they can go to where they're not being judged and where they can kind of relax and kind of just listen to the preaching. And enjoy some singing. Again, I like singing. Waiting intimidates the flesh. Waiting incites our fears. Waiting incites fears. Now, the spirit of fear, the Bible says, doesn't come from God. So if it don't come from God... It comes from the devil. But a good soldier understands that he needs to endure the hardship of waiting. Waiting often leads to disappointment. I thought it was going to happen sooner than this. And that disappointment turns into discouragement. I'm discouraged. Then it turns into despair. And that despair turns into despondency where you won't listen to nobody or nothing or any advice. You're despondent, which then leads you to depression. Now, they all started with D's for a reason because these are part of the deadly D's, the fiery darts of Satan, to which the Bible has commanded us to take the shield of faith so that we can withstand the fiery darts of the devil. A good soldier 
will endure the hardship of waiting. A good soldier will endure the hardship of warfare. Christians, I'd like to tell you that from here on in, it was just going to get easier for us. I don't believe that it's going to. I believe it's going to continue to slide down and get just a little harder and a little harder. I really do. And a good soldier is going to have to be able to endure the hardness of this warfare. The devil does not play fair. He don't. The devil's children do not play fair. I was thinking about this yesterday. They're like a schoolhouse bully. Remember them? You get out on the playground and the bully, kind of like the devil, and then the school, his children, his buddies, were all, you're always outnumbered. If you ever got bullied in school, you were always outnumbered. It's rare that a bully would hit you one-on-one. It's just the way it is. The devil plays just like that. The world doesn't play fair. That's the teacher that doesn't want to think that she sees the bullying going on. And you take it to her and tell her something about it and she wants to play it off like it ain't really happening. The Christian life is not always fair. It's not. But the good soldier... The good Christian will endure the hardship, the hardness, or the hardship of warfare. In conclusion, and I'm about, I'm about done, because I believe we got the message, you got the thrust of it on what a good soldier is for Christ. And we're going to have to be able to endure some things. And I'll go through because I've let the cat out of the bag already about most Christians, they think that the church is a pleasure cruise. That was actually in the conclusion. And the church, it's not a pleasure cruise, it's a battleship. And let me give you the Bible on that. 1 Timothy 1.18 says, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, According to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. But now, the next verse, verse 19. Holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith, have made shipwrecked. He pulls it in. He's in the context of soldiering. Soldiers aren't on pleasure cruises. They're on battleships. And that's the church. We're in spiritual warfare. Well, we're not warring against flesh and blood. We're in spiritual warfare. And to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ, we're going to have to endure some hardships. Endure the hardship of waiting. Endure the hardship of bad times. Endure the hardship of warfare. Say, man, you really didn't leave me feeling fluffy. (laughs) I understand. Hopefully you can feel that way after lunch (laughs) and get something good, some good food in you. 
the Christian life, I would like to say that we would go through it on a bed of ease, but we're not. There's been too many soldiers of Christ before us that did not get to go through their life on a bed of ease. We've been spoiled as Americans, and I love America. It's the greatest nation on earth. But I believe we're in for some hardships in the years to come. And I hope and I pray to God that you will be an enduring soldier of the cross that will endure the sound doctrine, that will endure the right Christian living, endure the hardship of waiting on God. We want Him to come back. Endure the hardship of the warfare that we're in. And I hope to see you. I want to be an encouragement to you and I want you to be an encouragement to me to remain faithful unto the end. I had a pastor, it was Jack Grigsby, who fought in World War II. He went through the European campaign. He fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He said, the hardest thing as a soldier that you will ever do is to get in a foxhole and wait. Wait. Hold the line. He said, you can learn a lot about getting into a foxhole with another soldier whom you don't know because number one, you're going to have to learn how to get along real quick because he's going to watch your back And you're going to watch his back. And the hardest thing you'll do is to hold that line. You'll want to run. You'll want to charge. You'll want to do anything but wait. I pray to God that we can endure the hardship of waiting. But we'll be ready. We'll hold the line for Christ until he comes. Let's all stand this morning.